Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, an international menopause expert, author, and speaker. I help women go from feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, and struggling to experiencing a new sense of confidence, freedom, and vitality. My own story mirrors that of thousands of women that I have connected with through writing my book, speaking engagements, and coaching. Like you, I felt unprepared, unsupported, and at times dismissed by family, employers, and even doctors. That's why I created this podcast as a place of advocacy, offering facts, resources, and a community where you can become more empowered to take control of your menopause journey. Join us each week as we dive into honest, open, raw conversations on the topics that matter deeply to menopausal midlife women. From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and aging at work and in society. My mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. And today we're talking anxiety and menopause. We've had two important days this month, World Mental Health Day and World Menopause Day. And so in this episode, I'm focusing on mental health and in particular, anxiety. Why it happens and what are some of the steps that we can take ourselves or with the support of others, to begin to tackle our anxiety. It came like a thief in the night and robbed me of my life. That was something said by someone in my menopause community quite recently, describing how anxiety made her feel. We often think of menopause as being about hot flashes and weight gain, and maybe some insomnia. But the reality for many women is that mental health-related issues are the ones that impact the quality of their life the greatest. Anxiety, brain fog, insomnia and fatigue, and of course, those roller coaster emotions. I personally had my first panic attack at 51. And I can remember that day as if it was now. I joined a new company. And about six weeks after I'd started, my new marketing director arrived. By Friday, he hadn't spoken one single word, even though I was one of his key senior leaders. Not to say hi, not to set up a meeting with me. And I was feeling very concerned and thinking, what's wrong? Does he not realise I'm in his team? Have I done something? Has he heard something about me? And then... I had an opportunity. It was Friday lunchtime. I came out of the lift into the lobby. And at the same time, he came out of the opposite lift. In my head, the conversation went something like this. Hi, I'm Clarissa. I'm your head of insights and media. I'd love to set up a meeting with you. I've got lots of great ideas I'd like to share with you. Do you think that's what came out of my mouth? No, I couldn't breathe. The sweat poured And to this day, I have absolutely no idea what garbled rubbish came out of my mouth at all. 
He looked at me and he said, have you been running up the stairs or working out at lunchtime? Maybe you need a glass of water and a sit down. And with that, he turned and walked into the office. I took the lift back down into the lobby and then out onto the street. And I phoned my friend and I said, I can't do this job. It's just too hard. I don't know what to do. I feel really lost. And sometimes when we're thinking we're going to hit rock bottom, we do what Dan Clark said and we hit rock foundation. And somewhere from the back of my head, I pulled the name Heather. Heather was a woman that I'd met in a social media class. She was inspirational, passionate, energetic, and yet calm. I went back upstairs, sat at my desk and Googled her. I could see she'd been a big advertising guru person for a while. And then it said something about, I'm a trainer with open ground. I wonder what that is. Of course, Open Ground was a mindfulness organisation. They coach and train mindfulness-based stress reduction. You might have heard it known as MBSR. And there was their headquarters in the suburb next to mine. And guess what? The following week, there was a class starting, eight weeks, MBSR course. You've never seen somebody whip out their credit card so fast and sign up. And that, for me, was the journey to being able to tackle my own anxiety and to now be able to help others. I've coached so many women, women who are successful, brilliant leaders for whom anxiety is crushing them and making them question whether they should stay in their jobs or not. But why is this happening to women? Why is this becoming the key aspect of so many women's menopause journey? I'd like to offer two things, which I think are in many ways interconnected. The first is that by the time many of us go into this peri-to-post menopause journey, we're carrying a lot. We may have a career, a partner, children, our parents, and then all the smog. That's what my friend calls the should, must, ought, got rules by which we think we're living our lives that weigh us down, that have us as people pleasers and putting up our hands and committing to things we should be saying no to, not yes to. That leaves us in a sort of a low-level state of anxiety. And I suspect that that's how I and so many of the women I work with were at. Then comes the hormonal change, the imbalance, and more importantly, the decline. We have hundreds of estrogen receptors all over our body, including our brains. And for many of us, a decrease in oestrogen can have a massive impact on our mental health, with symptoms including brain fog, poor concentration, self-doubt and anxiety. And I understand exactly how it plays out. It plays out with a mind that is racing, a mind that takes one negative incident and creates a million different scenarios where we cognitively distort where we're at, which drip feeds on to undermining our confidence until we don't believe that we are the brilliant, competent, wonderful women that we are. But knowing that is different from knowing how to cope. And there are, of course, many ways that we can combat anxiety and mental distress. 
And let's talk about some of those. One of those is physical activity. Just by raising your pulse a few times a week, becoming breathless will help how you feel. It has a positive effect almost immediately on your mood. But if we exercise regularly, it has a long-term positive impact on energy, focus ah, and sleep. Becoming physically active helps with stress, which of course in turn lowers our cortisol levels and has a positive effect on mood and anxiety. Plus that when we exercise, we put our body under good stress, use stress, and feel good endorphins and neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin are released and they make us just feel good. Plus the hormone encephalin, a natural painkiller, is also released. And we know that if we have pain, then our anxiety is much worse. I know that because I worked for a long time with women at the Women's Health Research Institute of Australia. And their gynecological problems for me were staggering. You know, you think about a life where you move from your couch to your bed and back again. And pain is just wearing you down. But if we can move even slightly, then we can feel that our pain can lessen. Exercise starts as a type of fight or flight response within us. So when we're faced with a stressful situation in life itself, guess what? If we exercise, we cope better. And this helps with not just anxiety, but things like hot flushes, which can be brought on by stress. How do I exercise, say lots of people? Keep it simple. Kiss principles. People always ask me, well, what sort of exercise should I do? Well, that depends on you. You might like to swim, cycle, stretch, do resistance work, lift weights, whatever floats your boat. But you feel better for it. And if you can exercise outside, it helps even more with our mental health. Okay, the actual brain scan data doesn't see look any different if you exercise inside than out because actually all exercise helps to grow the prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain where memory and focus are embedded. But sometimes exercising inside does us no favours because we can still hear the internet and social media and other people firing around us and we get confused. And then we end up going, oh, it's too much, can't be bothered. Take yourself outside. Do 10 minutes of brisk walking and you'll notice a shift in your mood. I know if we're feeling low or if we're in pain or we're tired, then thinking about exercising feels like rubbish. Never mind mind exercising. But get moving. Get moving any way you can. Put on some music and dance around the house. I love that. I do that when no one else is home and it makes me feel great. Do you have stairs? Well, I happen to live on a top floor apartment and I've got a dog and there's no lift. So I am up and down the stairs, even if I can't get to exercise formally and I feel better for it. Think about how you could include the stairs into your daily life at home or at work or on your commute. Instead of saying, I haven't got time to exercise, find ways around it. Maybe you can stretch in your chair. 
Sometimes when our moods are low, when our anxiety is overwhelming us, or we feel pain and aches in our joints or in our back, being kind to your body, stretching it, doing maybe some chair yoga, and your mind will appreciate it. But what else can we do? I talked about mindfulness, and really for me, a mindful, accepting approach to menopause and life goes a long way to dialing down your anxiety. You can start with simple apps, just doing 10 minutes of breathing and grounding exercises. But I have to say that a thorough course like the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction course or similar ones give you a really good grounding in how to work with the way you feel, managing your stress, dialing down your anxiety and learning to look at your thoughts, not from them. When you have mindfulness mastered, you have the bedrock to compassion, that sense of learning to accept yourself and love yourself, whatever is going on. And that moves mountains. In last week's talk on World Menopause Day to a big group of women in the UK government, I suggested that many of them take The Mindful Path to Self-Compassion, a wonderful book by Dr. Christopher Germer. That book was really a lifesaver for me. Compassion was my sticking point, not loving myself, not thinking I was the most important person in my life. And that was highly linked to my anxiety and the way my brain buzzed around. I remember many days sitting with that book on a bench in the Sydney Botanical Gardens, taking in Christopher's very simple, profound wisdom. The exercises in there are good, especially in days when anxiety or other emotions overwhelm us. The simple act of soften, soothe and allow are so strong. We all have a few minutes to put our hand on our heart and say kind words and to know that it's okay not to be okay. Some of that is some of the stepping stones, the milestones to learning to live better with our anxiety. But what else? Well, of course, we can find that making reasonable adjustments to the way we live our life is really important. How do you go about stuff? Are you taking on every responsibility yourself? I love that quote from Ada Calhoun's book of Why Women Don't Sleep, that we're up at night reminding ourselves of other people's passwords in our head. Looking at ways that you can reduce stress at home and at work can be very simple and very effective, helping us to manage meno-induced anxiety. And I often talk about how small, reasonable adjustments for a woman at work can have positive effects on how we feel, which means if we feel better, we do our job better and we have less of those negative thoughts. The inner critic doesn't have the same opportunity to pop out. Can you work more flexibly? Maybe learning to work more from home. Well, many of us are having to do that anyway. Taking rails in which we can change roles for a short time. One of the big aspects that I talk to leaders and CEOs about is not just about shall we teach our staff about menopause and menopause symptoms at work, but how can we actually help women to stay in their roles? Maybe by changing the roles that they do. Could women be in advisory roles for a time while anxiety or other symptoms are high? It's very important for you and the people you work for and work with to understand that menopause doesn't last forever. 
And the more we can find ways around it and embrace how we feel rather than resist it, our anxiety lessen. And I know that from personal experience. Don't underestimate how much talking to someone can help. How can your family know how to make reasonable adjustments if they don't know? My friend's husband said to her, well, I didn't know that was going on. I thought you just didn't like me anymore after she'd bitten his head off lots of times. How sad is that? Open up communication because remember that a problem shared is always a problem halved whether that's anxiety or other aspects of menopause. You can jump back to the interview I did with amazing Linda Sunshine West a few weeks back, where she talked about the importance of communication. You know, that aspect that women and men are from Venus and Mars, and they don't know how to talk to each other if they don't teach each other how to talk to each other, if you get my meaning there. And finally, Yes, if anxiety gets really bad and it really overwhelms you, then this is not a time to suffer. Some things in life are inevitable. Menopause is one of them. But suffering has always been optional in my book. Yes, maybe this is the time support from your physician. Maybe HRT is the right thing for you. Many women are scared of HRT. There's a lot of drama around cancer risks. Let me tell you, you get far more risk of breast cancer or other types of cancer if you don't exercise, if you have a poor diet. Not all types of breast cancer are estrogen receptive. There are so many different ones. Working with a doctor who prescribes HRT that's right for you can help you and the benefits can far outweigh the, the risk of disease and the risk of living with anxiety that you can't manage. And I particularly often direct my clients to forms of psychotherapy. We know that cognitive behavioural therapy can be incredibly beneficial, but so can acceptance, commitment or compassion-focused therapies. That's where I tend to put my preference, even though I know CBT does work. I love the work of Dr. Russ Harris and his book, The Happiness Trap. And I myself have been doing a lot of training in compassion-focused therapy with Dr. Dennis Turch and Professor Paul Gilbert. Their approach, which is very much about meeting and accepting rather than trying to work our way around or change our behaviour, is highly effective in managing anxiety. So check out the different ways around that. Ask your physician for support. Check out if there are any psychotherapists in your area who can help you, who have experience of working with menopausal women. And finally, get support. Check out if there's a Facebook group. Are there positive ones that can support you? Are there Instagram groups that can support you? I love the work of my friend Shirley Weir and everything she's been doing in Menopause Chicks. There's good, solid, factual, scientifically based information there. And I really love that she creates uplifting messages every day. And you can hear how other people are feeling too, other women. Honesty is the key here and it helps you and it helps others. Build a network, build a community, a tribe and know that they can support you when the going gets tough. 
parting piece that I'd like to say is remember menopause doesn't last forever. It is a transition. Transitions can be very messy. We're becoming like that caterpillar that's going to become a butterfly, but we're kind of in the cocoon and it's all very mushy and very messy. We have to be there. And in being there and not trying to quick fix it or band-aid our problems, but working small steps forward, they're moving in the right direction. And remember that some days will be harder than others. And if that's the case, just be still and listen to you. You're still you. Go for a walk, look at the sun. Give permission just to be you and to be still. I hope that this short discussion on menopause and anxiety has helped you. And feel free to reach out to me and talk to me. I really mean that. I've been there and I struggled and I found my way forward. And it is possible. Good luck on your journey. Thank you for listening. If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone and asking questions. Why do I feel this way? Thriving Through Menopause is all about a community and our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions and stories matter to me and I would love to hear from you so drop me an email clarissa at clarissachristensen.com I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast and if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support pop over to my website clarissachristensen.com you can find free resources And you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.